This call is being recorded. Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson with an episode of Kirk Your Enthusiasm, my third in a row, continuing our series of getting to know our fleet of staff at Mavs Moneyball. Today, I am joined by Lauren Gunn. Lauren, how are you? I'm doing grand. Thank you for having me. I love this uh, this series. It's a great concept. I love I, it. Well, I, we just have all these really, like, like I, I want to have a diversity of opinions and fandoms. It's like, <laughs> Josh and I are such assholes that we need, like, <laughs> people that really, like, that aren't as grumpy about stuff. And, and that's why it's like, Tim, you know, House Mavericks is just, like, the sweetest human being alive. And it's, like, mm-hmm. really, it's just, like, nice to talk to him and Xavier who are just happy. And you as well. Um, Lauren, you joined our staff. When did I, when did I badger you into joining oh us? Oh, my gosh. But a no, year ago? Well, yeah, I want to say it was like a year and a half ago, and mm. I definitely came knocking on your door. So, so let's not let's not get it twisted. I think I was probably <laughs> the one badgering you because I I was like, oh man, this is so this is so cool. So if there's an opportunity, I gotta I gotta seize the day. But yeah, I want to say it was like a year and a half ago. Well, let's circle back to that in a little bit. But I want to hear mm-hmm. I want to hear a little bit about your history of Mavs fandom because on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And on, you know, your various social media stuff, you occasionally share like some absolute gems of, of like, there's that photo of you and Dirk, like, I want to hear yeah. anything you're, I want to hear anything you're willing to share. So, so sure. talk to us a little bit about the the family and the Mavs fandom and how you fell into all this. For sure. Yeah. So uh, my dad actually has had, uh, he's a part of a group that has had season tickets uh, in section 112 row bb since i could walk and so we have been my brother and i have been fortunate enough to go to games our entire life uh and so we've we've been through i mean i'm 22 so in the last 22 years there's been a lot of different stages with the mavs and so we have been going to these games it's been amazing to see the game change and and be lucky enough to be that close to the floor because you see a lot of these relationships between players or you remember from four years ago these two got in a little bit of a scuffle and you can like almost feel the tension as you're watching the games and so Mm. it's really interesting to see some of these some of these things go on um I don't know it's so so I I, I've been around watching the Mavs very closely for my whole life and so it's, it's it's really crazy but uh but yeah I think with with the Mavs um I don't know it's it's hard to try and I find myself looking at them through this lens and I'm like looking at the day-to-day of like why you know why aren't they doing this or maybe we could do this but in the grand scheme of things there are sometimes when I have to tell myself that like this is an organization that doesn't necessarily move from day to day like you have to it's a business and these are long-term like long-term business ventures and so uh there's a lot more that goes to it or that goes into it and so I can't just expect everything to happen at once uh and you know it's not 2k so that's really what it comes down to so you've been going to games since before, like basically since your your whole life. What yeah. are some of like like let's start with the like what were some of the most painful games you you mm. remember and then what are like your absolute favorite like American Airlines center memories? Oh man, most painful game. So I'm going to actually share this story cuz I think it's a great story. I don't remember specifically which game it was, but it was the first game after we got Monte Ellis and I was absolutely stoked that we got Monte. My dad and I go, uh I think at that point uh he had gotten me, my dad had gotten me a Monte jersey like an early Christmas gift. So I was so stoked. We go to the game. We're sitting there. Monte has a bad turnover and it was just one of those plays that was like a miscue, a miscue that he turned over and then he kind of looked at 
the other, I don't remember who he looked at specifically, but he kind of looked at him like, come on, man. And my dad goes, that's on you, Monte. And Monte looks at my dad with the most glaring, like, man, you know, get out of my face. <laughs> and I look at my dad like, are you out of your mind? Like, we scream at the ref. We can scream, you know, at the other team. I mean, if we're, like, joking or if we're just, like, joking around, we never say anything, like, crazy. But we'll just be, like, you know, quit flopping or whatever it is. But do not scream at Monte. Are you out of your mind? And so I was absolutely livid. Uh, and we still joke about that to this day whenever somebody – one of our family, like anybody in our family, like, messes something up or does something stupid, we'll just say that's on you, Monte. And so uh, the joke lives on. But I, I want to say one of the best, the best memory is, or one of them is, I was at game three, or was it? Yeah, game three of the Lakers series in the 2011 run. Um, and I remember leaving the arena and looking up at one of the signs that's along, what is it, like, it's not 75. I don't know, it doesn't even matter. One of the highways. Um, and it says Mavs up 3-0, and there was, like, back – I mean, they weren't gifts back then, but it was a gift of a broom. And I was like, oh, my God, are we really – like, are we really about to sweep Kobe's Lakers? I just can't wrap my mind around this, and we did. And it was one of the craziest things ever. And, and that same year, I was fortunate enough to go to game – was it game five of the finals? Oh. Um, where it, was, it was a crazy year. So I got to say that my best memories come from that. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy what a ride it's been with the Mavs. Yeah, that twenty that that Lakers series. I don't want to call it a high point, <clears throat> but I went to college in Los Angeles during the like Laker murder fest where Kobe and Shaq just killed. So it's like beating and and like I, I remember where I was in the gym where Kobe scored sixty points in three quarters. So it's just like beating the Lakers was a was a special kind of joy because yeah. I mean, and it wasn't. It, this gets lost to time, I think, because there's there's that that title run just had so many moments. But I mean, they dominated the Lakers. It was not like, it was a four zero sweep, and and I just feel like that gets kind of lost to time. That Dirk basically mowed through four MVPs during the title run. It's just it's nuts. Yeah. And the I, I man, I'm jealous you went to Game Five. I had an opportunity to go to yeah. Game Six. I was in Miami for a bachelor party. And oh, wow. I was terrified The and my wife, like I'd just been married and my wife was like, you should go, you should go. You're going to kill you. And I was just like, well, I don't want to spend the money. We don't have any money. Yeah. I'm a moron. <laughs> I should have gone. I tell people this ah. about the playoff games too, because it's like, there have been two home Mavs playoffs games in, since Luke has been a part of the team. You look at what mm-hmm. Dirk did during Dirk's entire run. There was maybe 40 home playoff games total in his 20 game, wow. 20 year career. So like you went to two of them. If not, and yeah, probably that's crazy. And, and it's just one of those things where you, you don't really think about the volume. You're like, oh, this is always going to happen. Right. Uh, we'll be able to go yeah. back. No, you want to go when you can, because even if, you know, it's like, like it's painful. And I'm sure Mavs fans will remember like the fact that we're up whatever, like 30 to eight to against the Clippers in game three and, <laughs> and everything went sideways. <laughs> but like, you want to remember the bad stuff because that makes the good stuff a heck of a lot, a heck of a lot better. Yeah, that's um, a great perspective. Well, which you know, I'm I'm terrible at because all I do is complain. After <laughs> game. But I, you know, when when there's not games going on, it gets a little better. Um, so what? So so just to kind of keep keep along the thread. Um, mm-hmm. now after after joining us and you know really starting to kind of like make stuff and talk about the Mavs more and more, mm-hmm. what things sort of like drew you to wanting to talk about the Mavs and then. What are things you're looking forward to 
to talking about the Mavs as we get, you know, as we inch closer, we're like 50, 50 some odd days from training camp and regular season. Right. I mean, kind of getting into it was something that I wasn't really ever sure that I would have the opportunity to do. I mean, for the longest time, it was just my brother and I watching games and my dad watching games. And we would just have these conversations and end up talking about things that maybe they would talk about as the game was going on. And it was just kind of like, well, these are, these are conversations that we're not sure we'll ever leave uh, the living room. And now, <laughs> you know, here I am talking to you and I'm tweeting about it and responding to people in other people's mentions, you know, whatever, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. But, but now moving forward as the season approaches, I'm looking forward to kind of really looking God, that is such a good question. I don't even know if I've got an answer for that. I, kind of looking at where where the direction is of this team because there's been so much change, and I don't even think the change uh, regarding this upcoming season has it's fully has fully taken place yet. Mm-hmm. And so, I just um, God, there's I'm really looking forward to to kind of seeing the roster get finalized and and mm. trying to come up with I with what I think could be. Uh, the path for this for this team, not just in this season, but how how things are going to then kind of sh- take shape moving forward, and and maybe like the long term future of uh, and and when I say long term, I mean like the next you know two to five seasons. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious because it's like Josh and I've had to reconcile because usually when when we're talking about stuff, I'm the grumpy one and he's kind of the long view guy, and we've mm-hmm. sort of had like yeah. a role role reversal because. Th- I don't think anybody that really follows this team will disagree with the following statement. The Mavericks are going to be a bitch to play in the regular season. They're going to be good regular season, probably to the point I earnestly think, and I I, I said this on a locked on podcast, I think they could be a top three seed. Their schedule is that kind of, they have the fewest number of back-to-backs, which is hugely important with, with, you know, Porzingis Mm -hmm. and things like that. And just the way the schedule looks on paper right now, it's balanced. They're not running through like this gambit of playing like 15 games where it looks like they're all playing like mega teams. There's a real opportunity. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how that works out because at the same time, I, I, I've been pretty critical of the fact that I don't see, and maybe this is just solely a Clippers problem, but I don't see anything that they've done to patch the holes that were that get exposed over a seven-game playoff series. Yes, I I do agree with that. Um, or or I, I mean, I agree with all of it. I think the, the playoff aspect of it is very fascinating because mm. um, while we have our hunches and guesses of what this system is going to look like under kid, we don't really know one, again, kind of going back to the idea that the, that the roster hasn't been finalized, and so we don't know what the rotation is going to look like, even yeah. though we have, have our educated guesses. Uh, but as far as the playoffs, um, and I guess this kind of goes into the regular season, and I don't want to talk, talk about hypotheticals because you, you just can't really do that, but I do feel like it's worth mentioning because there, it's reasonably possible, um, is, is the possibility of having Drogic on this team. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I, I want to I talk about that, that all the time. And, and yeah, I just, I well, have to not both. do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I'm right there with you because there are so many things that I'm like, oh, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but it, it really could happen. And it could significantly change things and, and just how this team operates. And, and a guy like Drogic bringing him in is it significantly changes how this team operates. And so uh, that's where I think things could get interesting in a playoff uh, run, I guess, because with, 
with this current team, we kind of know what to expect come playoff mm. time. And it is so, so much so of, oh, I really hope that we get a favorable playoff matchup, or I really just hope we don't get someone like the Clippers or, or maybe another team that could expose the biggest weaknesses of this team. And so uh, I, I really don't know what this team is going to look like come game one. I certainly have my, my guesses, and I'm happy to explore those with you if you want to talk about it. But, um, but yeah, as, as far as the regular season, I do feel better going into this regular season, um, I guess, than last year, which might sound a little strange. No, it really doesn't, because if you think about these – so it's, it's really, like, challenging for me, because I, I took over the site March of 2020, where something okay, else yeah. also – Something else also happened in March of 2020 where like the world stopped. And so like to a certain extent, you know, that season and then this season all feel like one big co-joined mess of basketball. And it's kind of true when you look at the calendar too. And so I do want you to actually kind of expound on those thoughts with what you think is going to happen because I, I in retrospect feel that I have been a little too harsh on certain aspects of what the Mavericks have done because I'm, I'm really, I've downplayed and not on purpose, but just because of getting caught up in the game to game stuff how play, you know the sheer volume of basketball five games and seven nights type stuff with a team that wasn't built for that and so it's like i've i'm very curious about what a consistent schedule means what does three games a week mean for a team that needs rest you know yeah yeah i mean it's it's very fascinating to try and i guess answer the first part and i will do my best to keep this brief because i have a tendency to, to ramble on uh, as i'm doing right now so no, what fine. i think this team what I think this team could look like, uh, I know that you are aware that I'm on the Larry Markinen trade or train. But with Gorin and Markinen, I do think that there's a decent chance that they start the season that they start the uh, the season wearing Dallas Mavericks uniform. And I I, I want to first let me say that I think the Gorin trade will have to happen first. I think we all know that if this happens in that trade, I would guess in this total guess would kind of would look something like Dwight Powell. Um, maybe Tyrell Terry and maybe Moses Brown, maybe swap Terry for, for Trey Burke, maybe. And then the trade for Markman, uh, if he fits into that trade exception, great. If he doesn't, oh. maybe it's Maxi and Trey Burke, someone who's a little bit more, uh, I don't know, playoff ready just because he has the experience and has played in different systems. So, right. so say hypothetically, maybe some of those details are, are a little bit different, but say you're moving out uh, Maxi, Trey Burke, Dwight Powell, Moses Brown and Tyrell Terry, and you're inserting Goran Dragic and Larry Markkinen. I think that you look at your rotation and you look at Dallas as a middle market team. Yes, there are definitely the concerns with the defense and Goran getting a little bit older and, and potential injuries. But as a whole, you check off you check off a lot. Like the, the number one need is the secondary playmaker next to Luca, and so you get that in there. That's huge. And then you have a second unit who would be comprised of Jalen Brunson, Reggie Bullock, if, unless he's, he's starting, but with Gorn, I don't think he would. Um, Reggie, Reggie Bullock, Jalen Brunson, Sterling Brown, Josh Green, Lowry Markinen, um, and then Maxi or Dorian. I think one of them starts, you rotate between, who would start between Maxi and Dorian on each, each night. And so you've got a lot of depth, and then you go back to what you were mentioning with rest uh, in a schedule that is now – more consistent, like you said, more balanced to play into that. But if you bring in Markinen, that helps Porzingis with the with rest and, and uh, load management, which has been something that I continue to preach. 
And if you bring in Goran, everyone knows that will take the loot or the load off of Luca. So mm-hmm. those are two two big wins. And so I think if you bring in Markin and you bring in Goran, that adds a level of depth to this team, uh, especially with scoring, because I I do think that um, not that not that Goran and Luca are, are even remotely similar to Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but I think in a way of having that veteran presence and experience uh, with two guys that have chemistry, there's a similar theme there. Uh, right. And I, 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 I just think that that's something that, that would be very interesting to, to watch. So Dallas isn't in a position to go out and, like, get, you know, Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard. And so that's something that I think people need to tamper their expectations with. Oh, yeah. Uh, but if you can make these additions, like the Gorin, and maybe someone like Markinen who could end up being a win, but in, in the end would really just end up being a low-risk move if it turns into being a total disaster. Uh, these are the moves that you have to take as a middle market team with a guy like Luca, who we all know who Luca is and how good he is, but we don't – an outside perspective might say, well, he doesn't have the experience. He's not, he's not necessarily the – like I, if I have an opportunity to go play with LeBron or Giannis or KD, guys that are already – like in their in their prime and are at the top of like you know exactly what you're getting I might go hop on that train it's just not quite Lucas Tanya and I know that that's people don't want to hear that because we all know how good he is but right now you have to make moves that are going to get you better as a roster and that you have to be realistic with what your current assets are so it's interesting now while you've been talking there's all we're recording this just so for full disclosure for everybody like I want to say it's Thursday afternoon I have no idea what day it is yes Thursday afternoon and Tim Cato is on one of the he's on with our our man Jake Fisher uh on this like locker room green room competitor called the halftime app and Tim Cato just said the Mavericks are operating as if drag drag yeah Goron will be a Maverick soon enough um that's interesting to me because I just I don't know I've I've felt the way this is going it's just been so odd and it's it's such a it's a stalemate so if you know Tim wouldn't say that like Tim is extraordinarily careful with his words um which is why I was so amused by his report earlier this year that basically you know it 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 foretold the cascade of changes (laughs) that the Mavericks made because like he's just like he, you know, I've known Tim for ten years. He he's always been very mm-hmm. careful with his reporting, and then he was right about everything. And so for him to say this, I'm like, okay, that's really that gives me because I've honestly I've been operating like the Mavericks aren't going to get Goron. Yeah, um, and I'm so that if he does, if they do, that changes things, and it's not necessarily because of on court stuff. I'm just right. I'm, I've been very interested in this coaching staff and the team that they're surrounding Luca with because I'm of the opinion. They need enough people around him to, and you've seen him up close because you've been to games. Mm-hmm. He needs someone to tell him to cut out the crap. He's it, mm-hmm. just, just like that little bit. I mean, you know, I don't know about you, but my parents still tell me when I'm acting like an idiot and I'm 37. And so it's like, you need, you need someone to do that in your life every now and again. And the Mavericks didn't have that last year. Luca can't have 15 technicals. He can't lead the league. It's it. it, it and I, I think for like that aspect alone of having someone who can with, you know, authority and, and command his respect to tell him, Luca, okay, tonight is like you just have to scale this back. Like to me, that alone yeah. is worth twenty million. It, it, I know yeah. people would kill me for that statement, but it's just where <laughs> I where I am right now because I'm just I'm so tired of seeing him lose it. Yeah, I mean, it's a really great point because as soon as as you were talking through that, it brought me back to 
DeAndre Ayton saying, Chris Paul saved my career in terms of having this veteran presence and some guy that's going to say, hey, look, we are capable of making it to the finals. And we did. And, like, we're not going to do this unless everybody is performing uh, and, and, and not just performing, but high, holding themselves to a higher standard. And so having someone like Goran, I'm not going to say that he's Chris Paul, but you know what I mean? Like having the veteran presence, having someone that knows him and has known him for a long time that Luca trusts, uh, yeah, is very, very valuable. And uh, this coaching staff, the, the people that continue to get brought in, uh, I'm actually very excited about this group just because of from a diversity standpoint. I mean, they're, yeah. they're younger than what we're used to. They're yes. all so, so different. They bring such different perspectives. And so I'm really excited to see how that goes. And so I think if you have, you know, Igor in there and Goran, that's mm-hmm. going to really uh, – that's going. Oh God, it's just gonna. It's gonna carry a lot of value with Luca, and so I, I think it's incredibly important. And it's really, really great to hear uh, Tim say that because, in in my mind, I'm like, there's no way we don't get him, right? I think the whole league knows that he's going to somehow make it to Dallas. But when I'm looking at trade scenarios and yeah. thinking about what to write next, I'm like, you can't operate as if you already have him because you don't. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. He just he raises the floor of a team yeah. that's already got a high floor. Like, I don't know what the peak is. And so it's, it's, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking myself up into being happy for <laughs> once in my, in my fandom. <laughs> um, what did I, somehow I've talked to you already longer because I didn't want to take up too much of your day. But, no, I love it. No, let's, let's keep going as much as you want. So, want. so while we're kind of at this point in the show, mm-hmm. before we kind of pivot away to, to non Maverick stuff, I want you to tell us where we can, here because i know you have a you do have your own show uh tell us what what the name is and then where are the other places that we can can gather your nba content yes so i do co-host uh an nba podcast which covers like the league as a whole not just the dallas mavericks with my brother uh grant gunn and you can find all of our content or all of our content which is linked to my twitter uh which is at l gun with four ends Um, hey this is kirk um, so yeah, so we are we're on there, and you can come chat with us. We like talking about any any team, any or any concept, any player. We will talk about it all. Uh, any headlines, whatever it is, anything NBA, we are going to to break it down. Uh, and yeah, you can find everything on there. And then obviously, yes, I do write for Mavs Moneyball. So all my all my articles, everything will come through my Twitter. Sorry, I thought I had muted myself, and I absolutely hadn't. My bad. I just got a work phone call because uh, we are recording in the middle of the day, and I am definitely doing yeah. this on company time. Um, me too. Hey, me too. They'll live. I, 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 I give, <laughs> I give way too much time to all of my jobs. Um, let me see here. What else did I want to cover? Because I had a list, and we've kind of organically gone through most of them. Um, yeah, so, you know, we're almost to kind of the end point here. What are you doing mm-hmm. with yourself when you uh, – what 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 things are, are you consuming right now to fill the Mavs void in your life? Like what – what you know, because Xavier I had on two nights ago is like a hilariously huge prestige TV watcher. And, and he and I argue over this crap, like, all the time. And then there's our guy, Matthew, who will not, like, he just watches, like, every movie imaginable. So what are, what are you doing with yourself these days to fill the, fill the time? Oh, man, to fill the time, you know? Well, I, oh, God, I don't really know. I, so right now is my, uh, yeah, I don't know that I have a good answer for you. So, like, right now, I do work in public accounting. So right now is my busy season. Um, and so 
I'm working many hours of the day like everybody mm. else. But when it when it ends, I don't. I mean, I just kind of hang with hang with my family. I'm living with the parents right now, so that's been. I'm sure you can imagine super fun. There's pluses um, and but, minuses. I love my folks, but then I'm with them yeah. for like six straight hours, and I'm like, oh my god, how did I do this uh, for 18 years? Yeah, they're very aware that I am looking for any the second I can leave, I I will be gone. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm with them a lot. We I kinda am focusing on spending my time with them because soon enough I will be will be gone. But right. uh yeah, the podcasting and then I just I'm doing my best to try and keep up with all of the fan bases because one thing that I think is so important, especially for someone like me who is obsessed with the trade machine and any trade scenario that gets thrown out there. Uh, I have to try and gauge the internal perspective among fan bases because some teams will from other fan bases will either tweet me or somebody else and be like, Hey, yeah, we'll trade you, you know, this for, for Maxi, like one second round pick in 2028 for Maxi. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like that's not going to happen. And so there's a lot of this internal perspective of guys that maybe you don't hear about as much for other teams, but that have are just beloved by the fan base or have had moments of of bright spots that that lead them to believe like that this guy's not going anywhere because we want to see and and wait for him to pan out so i spend a lot of my time trying to do research on other fan bases and trying to i guess get my way in there somehow to try and have those conversations and learn what teams really value guys that you wouldn't know about and what teams might look at this guy and say hey you know we kind of have been on this train for a little while and it hasn't gone anywhere so he's available uh, because I'm always trying to look at what Dallas can do to put themselves in a position uh, to eventually get Luca his first title. Well, well, pivoting from that then, what do you have any recommendations in terms of podcasts or YouTube feeds that people should follow that you're, that you actually enjoy? Oh my gosh. Yes. That's a, that's a long list of podcasts. Um, oh God. Let me actually pull up Twitter accounts because I feel like that okay. is a good way to, a good way to do it of, of podcasts that, that I really enjoy. So hold on just one moment. Um, the other day, the other day I did a podcast, uh, with the boys at, or two of the boys, uh, Justin and Ben at Grizzly Bear Blues. And Mm -hmm. I spoke with, uh, Katie Heindel and Marilyn Dubinsky. Marilyn writes for Pounding the Rock, uh, the Spurs SB Nation page. Um, and Katie does about a million and one things, but she writes for, for Dimes, Dime Magazine uh, and used to, to write for the rappers, and they both had very, very good perspectives, very interesting uh-huh. perspectives, especially Maryland with the Spurs, because um, they're, I mean, some of, the, some of the middle market teams you just don't hear about as much, cause, so to really dive in and, and, and get that opportunity uh, to talk to them was, was really cool. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to scroll. I'm so terrible at, uh, at, at, at scrolling. Yeah. Um, no, that's okay. Oh, that's I know what a great you mean. Podcast. Yeah. I should yeah, have asked you this I mean, beforehand. No, it's it's all good. There are so many. I try to retweet. Um, I try to retweet the the pods and, and articles that I that I see that I really like because there really are so many great sports content people out there. Um, but yeah, it's there's a lot of us. That's for sure. Well, this is fun. Do you have any other any other takes that you're? Because I mean, you've gotten off some 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 good ones. So are there any any other oh, any man. other things you want to share with uh, the 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 you know strange Mavs Moneyball audience I've procured? You know, I might actually throw something out there that I've been kind of monitoring that I really oh, yeah. hope Dallas might consider at some point. I don't know. Um, but there's a guy out there that is from Dallas and is in a situation where I don't really know what his future holds. Gabe um, Cunningham. 
Sorry. Oh God, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? So it's actually PJ Washington. He's he's from Dallas. Uh, he kind of he's just six eight, six nine, small ball, big. So I just I don't really know where he fits in Charlotte's long term plans. And so that's another guy that I'm trying to figure out again. The internal perspective. They were high on him for a long time. The Miles Bridges Lamelo Ball connection has continued to strengthen. Uh, and right. then they just drafted Kai Jones, who I think. Well, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people are high on. So, yeah. you know, bring, I just I don't know what their front court rotation looks like. So I'm going to be interested with Charlotte. There are lots of teams out there who I'm going – it's going to be interesting to follow their rotation and see which young guys kind of fall by the wayside. Like Cam Reddish is a perfect example. I don't see Cam Reddish coming to, to Dallas, but Cam Reddish is a perfect example of a team that has a bunch of young guys that they've drafted, that they've drafted, and their rotation – They can't pay everybody. Is, they got to make they choices. Can't pay everybody. Yeah. yeah. They, you can't pay everybody. You can't play everybody. And so who then becomes available in the trade asset? And I think PJ Washington, a Dallas native, uh, is a guy that could potentially become available someday. Love it. Love it. Well, this has been as fun as I had hoped. Um, I <laughs> will post, I'm, I'm going to post links to some of the, some of the stuff that you talked about um, sure. in our article and in the podcast description, at least if I remember, we'll see. Um <laughs> This is, well, I will, you know, now that part of the nice part, I mentioned this on other pods about not having three games a week means I don't have to grind mm-hmm. post game stuff all the time. So I will try during the season to have our staff on a little more frequently just because, you know, it's like, who wants to hear me and Josh every day? Um, oh, come on. Well, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know why people listen to us at all. I just mainly started, I mainly just started talking to him. So I wouldn't like, my wife was like, I don't want to hear about this shit anymore. Like, I don't care, you know? Oh so, Lauren's been great. Everybody follow Lauren Gunn on Twitter and I will post links and such. Um, we will be back. I don't know. I think I'm going to post this over the weekend, Sunday night, just because awesome. people listen, people listen to less stuff over the weekend, it seems. And then you guys will have this to start your week. And maybe by then, Goran, no, he can't be a Maverick till October 1st, kind of at this rate. That's right. All right. Uh, we'll talk soon, Lauren. Thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having me.